Hello, and thank you for joining us once again for the Crossroads Baptist Church radio ministry. Um, today, we're going to be looking at a very, very common passage in the Word of God, a very common story most people would know, David and Goliath. Now, though you say, okay, I've heard David and Goliath before, I would encourage you still to sit back, listen, see if you can't learn something new about this, maybe be an encouragement to you. Uh, today as we seek to open God's word together and study a little bit. 1 Samuel chapter 17 is where we're going to be at. Let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing on the message. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you so much for all that you do for us. Thank you for the opportunity we have to hear your word preached over the public radio. Thank you so much for the opportunity we have to preach your word freely in this nation. Lord, help us to do just that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 17, in the first couple of verses, we find that what has happened is the enemy has invaded territory that belonged to God's people, Israel. When an enemy invades, you have essentially two choices. You can fight or you can surrender. During this entire message, we're going to parallel this passage from God's word with situations in our lives today. The Philistines invade and Saul and the armies of Israel decide to face them off and at least attempt to fight. Now, from verse 3 to verse 10, we don't have time to, to read every verse of this story. Uh, we get a description of, of Goliath. Now, I don't have to tell you, Goliath is big. Goliath is bad. Goliath is a scary dude who has been a soldier from his youth. He's massive. He's almost 10 feet tall. He's, he's got all this armor and all the shield and the sword, and he's just a scary guy. And in verse 10, he says, And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. The challenge from Goliath is, I'm going to fight one of you. And if I win, you're going to be our servants. And if, and if I lose, if I die and you win, we'll be your servants. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Save the whole armies from destroying one another. Just let two men fight it out. Problem is, God's people were too afraid to fight. Verse 11, when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now, I want to read a passage for you from Deuteronomy chapter 20. Starting at verse 1, the Bible says, When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies, and seest horses and chariots, and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be when ye are come nigh unto the battle that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people and shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your heart faint, fear not, and do not tremble, neither be ye terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Now, that's a pretty good motivational speech there, I'd say. That's a pretty good kick in the pants to the army to say, hey, trust God, and he's got this, and let's go fight. That's what's supposed to happen when Israel faces an enemy. And yet here we see Israel coming up against the Philistines, no mention of the priest, no mention of this message. And we hear, we hear Goliath's message, we hear the enemy's message, and the people are afraid. Now, of course, into the scene comes a little man named David. David was a shepherd, not a soldier. He was the youngest of his family, not the oldest. He, he was not qualified. He was not even supposed to be there. It's just that his dad wanted an update on his older brothers. He sent him with some cheese and said, hey, 
Go get an update, see how they fare, see how the battle's going, and come let me know. And so David comes into the scene, 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse number 23. David is here now, and the Bible says, as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, that defiance that he showed in verse 10, and all the men and David heard them, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king, will enrich him with great riches, and will give him his daughter, and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine, and taketh away this reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. Now, David here, I want you to notice a difference here between David and Goliath. Now, in verse 10, Goliath said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. And in, and in verse 26, David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? The enemy saw the armies as just the armies of Israel, but David saw the armies as God's army. David knew this was a spiritual battle. This was a battle that God was in. It wasn't just two nations facing off against each other. So David has a proper view of the battle. That surely helps when you're facing a battle in your life to have that proper view. But I want you to notice, of course, the response the response that his brother gives in verse number 28. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither, and with whom hast, those left those, with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle." And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Now, lots to unpack here, of course. That phrase, is there not a cause, has been used so often, and, and rightfully so. But David's response in, the, in this whole matter, in this whole conversation, first of all, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He views, like I said, the battle is spiritual, not just physical. Romans 8.31, the Bible says, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? That's an honest question. That's not rhetorical. Think about it. If God is for us, if God is for our church, if God is for our ministry, if God is for you living a godly Christian life to the best of your ability, who can, who can be against that? Now, the armies of the living God, we, we already pointed out the difference between what David saw and what, what Goliath saw. We ought to see things differently than the world sees things. Uh, Eliab, sadly, his response is not a hard response to find even today in churches. Somebody will get on fire for God. Maybe a young person will surrender to serve the Lord with their life. And they look around and they say, wait a second. I just read in my Bible for the very first time in Mark 16, 15, when it says, go ye unto all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Are we doing that? Do, do we do that at this church? I, I, w I lived in Michigan for many, many years, uh, born, and, born and raised uh, before moving here to Pennsylvania. And um, there was a, a time when I did some research for our area. 
the church we were in, we had a lot of outreach. Our youth group that I, I was a youth pastor of, we did a lot of outreach. We went to U of M games, handing out Bibles and tracts. We did door knocking. We did all those things. And um, a lot of public outreach and ministry, which every church should do. So I got, I was a little curious. I looked into it. There were 90 churches within 10 miles of our church. Only one other church had any form of public outreach at all. I'm not talking about supporting missionaries. That, that's different. That's a good thing. Everybody should do that. I'm talking about the people of the church going into their community and trying to get their community the gospel. Not just sitting in the church house waiting for them, for the lost to come in. That's not going to happen like you think. We need to be going to them, and, and it's not happening in most churches today. Every church ought to have some form of public outreach, public ministry, because there is still a hell, and it is still hot, and souls still go there if they don't know Jesus Christ. So there's a lot of Iliabs out there that somebody gets excited about serving God, they want to do something, they say, oh, well, we don't really do that here. We don't think it works. People don't really like it. Honestly, I, I really don't care what the response from the world is if I am going and taking them the gospel. They can, they can thank me. They can spit on me. I don't care. What I care about is God pleased with what I'm doing. I don't judge or I try not to judge my actions or my success or my failure based on the response of the world. But what does God say about it? Does God tell us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature if they want to hear? No. He just says go do it because there is a hell and a judgment awaiting for them if they don't know Jesus Christ. Sadly, there's a lot more Eliabs out there today than there are Davids. Saul is another example of, of that person as well, of, of the Eliab. If you look with me at uh, verse, oh, let's see, 1 Samuel chapter number 17 and verse number 30. Bible says, and he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. And when the words were heard, which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul. And he sent for them. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For thou art but a youth and he a man of war from his youth. Here we have Saul, the king of Israel, the one who is supposed to be leading the armies in battle, telling the one man of his whole nation that's willing to fight, oh, yeah, it can't be you. You're too young. Yeah, that sadly sounds pretty familiar, too. If you were to look back in 1 Samuel chapter, I believe, chapter 9, verse 2, you see that Saul was said to be head and shoulders above every other person in Israel. Not to mention the fact he's the king. Saul is the one that's supposed to be fighting Goliath. But instead, it has to be little David the shepherd boy. And when little David the shepherd boy wants to fight, Saul, who isn't fighting, who isn't doing his job, says, No, nah, I don't think you can do it. It is, it is sad how much that echoes churches today. People who sit in church all their lives doing nothing for God. That sounds harsh, I know. It's true. Attending church makes you as much a Christian as sitting in a garage makes you a car. You ought to be doing something for God. If you're doing nothing for God, if you've never handed out a track, if you've never led somebody to the Lord, how dare you criticize somebody trying to do that? How dare you discourage somebody trying to do that? They're at least willing to fight. 
you ought to think about joining them. The problems with the soldiers in the army of Israel is the same problem that we have today. We're willing to identify as God's army. We're willing to set the battle in array, in a situation where the enemy's not advancing and we're not advancing. Everybody's just kind of in a standoff. We're, we're willing to do that. We're willing to point and say, look, there's the enemy over there. Those are the bad guys. That's the bad Facebook post. That's the bad person. That's the bad president. That's the bad senator. That's the bad uh, entertainer. Those are all the bad guys over there. And I'm on the good, I'm on the good guy side. But when the enemy advances, what do the Christians today do? We flee. Largely, we flee. And when one of us is brave enough to stand up and say, hey, we need to do something, a lot of times the people that are discouraging him from work from working for God are Christians. Now, for time's sake, I've got to skip ahead to verse number 41 of 1 Samuel 17. The Bible says, And the Philistine came... Uh, on and drew near unto David and the men that bear the shield went before him and when the Philistine looked about and saw David he disdained him for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance and the Philistine said unto David am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves and the Philistine cursed David by his gods and the Philistine said to David come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field that's a pretty good threat that's <laughs> As threats go, that's pretty good. Look at David's response. Verse 44. And the Philistine, I'm sorry, verse, um, verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you in our hands. Now, Goliath's threat was pretty good. David's was much better. David trusted God. And we know the rest of the story. For time's sake, we're about done here. But David fights Goliath. David conquers Goliath. And all the armies of Israel join into the battle afterwards. Where are the Davids today? That's my question this week. Where are the Davids today? Where are the ones who are willing to stand out there alone and stand up to the enemies of God and encourage others to join them? We need less Eliabs. We need less Sauls. We need more Davids.